Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. Here's Pastor Ryan. And uh, I'm so blessed and honored to see the brethren persevere through that pain, endure, not give up, not run from God, but run towards him and his comfort, and then turn around and comfort others. It's been a blessing to learn from them. An incredible. We've had children that have suffered in our church. You know, crazy stuff. In Romans 8, verse 16 through 18, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And all of those who have suffered, they, they look to Jesus for their comfort in their suffering. They look to him, knowing that they're going to be glorified and they're going to see Jesus as he is. They're going to be with Jesus and walk with Jesus on those streets of gold. It's them keeping their eye on heaven that has got them through these trials. And then Paul would say the same thing in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And so he says that this light affliction of us, and the Apostle Paul suffered greatly, and I know some of us have suffered greatly, but in comparison to the weight of glory that you and I are going to experience one day, it, it seems as a light affliction. Incredibly. That's how huge the consolation and the comfort of God is. That it, that it, it just, it, 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 it dwarfs the pain and the suffering that we've gone through. Yet God understands and loves us, but he gets us through it by putting our focus on him and on heaven. That things are going to get better. That this to shall pass. And it is the heart of every pastor that the flock of God that they shepherd would endure and persevere and not be snowflakes and not leave and rank out. And oh, yeah, I went through a trial. The trials only test how, only show us how strong our faith was to begin with. And that's what it says. And it, and, and what it does is it's, it's, it's creating and molding us to be the men and women to be more like Christ. The end is better than the beginning. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 8, it says the end of a thing is better, better than its beginning. Charles Spurgeon killed it with that verse. I read a, a devotion yesterday, so I'm, I'm by, I'm sharing it with you. It's not, it didn't come from me, but it was such a blessing. Isaiah 3, I mean, he talks about the, the end being better than the beginning. He talked about our Lord Jesus and how he was despised. It's true. 
He's a man of sorrows. Isaiah 53 verse 3, it says that he was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. We did not esteem him. He was despised. All of us forsook the Lord. Before we came to the Lord, we would have nothing to do with him until the day our eyes were open. Amen? Jesus would say of himself in Psalm 22, verse 6, through David, King David, but he wrote, Jesus' estimation of himself on the cross. Psalm 22, verse 6, he says, But I am a worm, and no man, a reproach of men, and despised by the people. Oh my goodness, if our Lord was despised, do we expect anything different from ourselves? In this life, they're going to despise us because we stand for His truth. We're going to lose friends. We're going to lose family. And we're going to keep praying for them. And we're going to pray for the lost. But people will reject us because of our stands for God's morals. It's part of it. It's part of it. But he saw himself as a worm. And Spurgeon would say, well, look at us. If he is our king, then we too are worms. He goes, but the end is better than the beginning. The caterpillar looks kind of gross. But later on, it looks awesome, doesn't it, as a butterfly? I know I may have upset some caterpillar people, but you get the point. He goes from a worm to a butterfly. We're, we're going to look awesome when we get to heaven. There is an exceeding greater weight of glory waiting for us. And that helps us to endure. I'm telling you, some of the things we went through this year, what happened? What? You put your phone down and you just whisper, my God, my God. That's how heavy some of the trials were. My God, that's all you can say. Take a deep breath. And then faith kicks in. Boom. You know God's going to give us what we need to get through that. And he did in 2023. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 2, John the Beloved says, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Oh, we're going to look great. We're going to be like him. Turn with me to Romans chapter 13 for the second half of, of our study. Romans chapter 13, please. Beginning in verse 11. And give me an amen once you are there. Romans 13, 11. And do this knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent and the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. The Apostle Paul here writing to the church at Rome and God speaking to us this morning would have us to understand that he understands that he believes, he expects the church 
to know what time it is. So the Apostle Paul says to the church at Rome, and do this knowing the time. And God would say to Sweet Hills this morning, and you and I are to do this knowing the time. There are a lot of churches and a lot of Christians who don't know what time it is. And they don't know what time it is because they have very little of this in their life. You see, Hebrews 5 tells us that if we exercise by reading this word, that we will discern good and evil. It's by way of use. You don't read it. You don't use it. You'll lose it. And so there's a lot of Christian Christians out there don't know what time it is. Our job is to know what time it is. Jesus rebuked the Pharisees for not knowing what time it is. He goes, oh, you know, you can check, the, you know what the weather's going to be, but you don't know the sign of my coming. On our phones, man, it's, we, we, can, we can Google, uh, you know, anteaters and learn all about them. And we don't know what time it is. Look around the world how maddening it is. There is so much injustice. What is good is called evil, and what is evil is called good. In every aspect of the American culture, it has been attacked by Satan in ways that, that would make our ancient loved ones turn in their graves. It's crazy today. It's crazy. We're fighting it in, in, in various uh, places, in the schools, in our workplaces, in the government, there's corruption, there's immorality. There's, there's men competing with women in women's sports. There's so much wickedness going on. There's so much injustice going on. And you wonder, how, how can this be? The Lord predicted it. We are told that in the last days, perilous times will come that men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, blasphemers, haters of their parents and authority. And look at the world. It's crazy all around us. And the Lord expects us to understand what time it is because these things are happening. Not to bury our head in the sand. Oh, it's not happening. It's not happening. It is happening. And you're, you and I are to be salt and light. You can't, we can't be salt and light if we don't know what time it is. It's crazy out there. And I'm honored that we have little lambs, children that come to our church where we get to wash their minds and their hearts with the word of God and warn them to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. To not believe the hype, to not believe the deception, knowing the time. Now it is time to wake up. It is high time, meaning it's kind of late, but Better than better late than never, now is the time to wake up spiritually, to become more disciplined this year, to read the word, to pray, to fellowship, and to ask the Lord to give us discernment of what's going on and how to deal with any and every situation our family goes through. You know, what should I do about my work? What should I do about my church? What should I do about my schedule? What should I do about the kids? What should I do about my marriage? What should we do about, about all of these things? The Lord will give us discernment and wisdom because that's the kind of God that we serve, that we serve. Look at Israel and the Hamas war. This, this book is all about Israel. 
You you think of uh, the pundits, secular Jewish pundits, who can't figure out why there's so much animosity towards their people. We know why. Because God chose them. Because God loves them and decided to bring us the oracles of God through them. And the Savior of the world went right through them. They didn't come through Tenochtitlan in Mexico City. (laughs) Even if they have a Mexicana Mary. This all happened over there through the Jewish people. You read the book of Revelation. Satan hates Israel. Hates them. Makes war with the woman and her child. Comes after them. The Antichrist is going to come on the scene and persecute them. The armies of the north are going to come and 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 try to invade Israel. There's a hatred towards them, and and it goes back to Genesis. It goes way back, because Satan hates our king. And our king says, through the Apostle Paul, all Israel will be saved, it says in Romans, that there's going to be a remnant that they're going to come to faith in Jesus Christ, and it's going to happen in the future, the near future. And because of that, the world hates them, and they don't even know why. They don't know why, because God is allowing them to be deceived by the devil they want to be deceived by. Jesus knows the world doesn't want him, though he loves the world and gave himself for the world. And and you people don't even know why they're, anti-Israel. It's because of the devil. Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 6, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various places. We're told in Ezekiel 37 that the Jews would return to their land, that God would gather them back because after Jesus ascended into heaven and he promised that not one stone would be left upon another, Titus, the general of the Romans, went in there and destroyed Jerusalem in 70 AD. And the Jews were dispersed throughout the whole world to various nations. But it was predicted that they would come back. And in Ezekiel 37, that's exactly what it predicted, and they did come back. Thus says the Lord, Surely I will take the children of Israel from among the nations, wherever they have gone, and I will gather them from every side and bring them into their own land, and I will make them one nation in the land on the mountains of Israel, and one king shall be over them. They shall no longer be two nations, nor shall they ever be divided into two kings kingdoms again and it happened in 1948 when the whole world for about five minutes had compassion on Israel because of the holocaust Hitler's holocaust and the 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 nations came together and and gave them their land back and after those five minutes of course the hatred came back 
just like October 7th. For two minutes, the world was like, you got to take out those terrorists. And then after those two minutes pass, everyone wants to take out Israel. Why the animosity? Why don't the pundits understand? Why don't the professors understand? The one who does understand is Satan. He hates them because that is where God is going to work in the He's working now, and he's going to work in the future. That's what our Bibles say. We're told in, that in Ezekiel 38, that Magog and Meshech and Tubal, these are uh, Russian territories, Moscow, Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya, Gomer, which is Germany, and Tagarma, which is Turkey. These countries will come against Israel according to Ezekiel 38, but God will come to Israel's defense, supernaturally defend them. The United States is, is a non-issue. They're going to go and they're going to uh, want to take their land. It says in Ezekiel 38, actually it says that they will, they will come to a to a people that has been brought back into their land. And it says in verse 11, you will, you will say, I will go up against a land of unwalled villages. I will go to a peaceful people who dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates to take plunder and to take booty. And so these things are going to happen in the future, but Israel has to be at peace and no need for walls anymore. Right now, that seems unimaginable with Hezbollah in the north, Hamas, and everybody else around them. But in the near future, something's going to happen where there's going to be no need for walls anymore. And there's they're going to be at peace. And then that's when Ezekiel 38 will take place sometime in the future. Jesus said concerning the Antichrist in Matthew 24, 15. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Daniel 9, 27 is what he's referring to. And he shall confirm, this is the Antichrist, who will confirm a, a covenant of, you know, with Many for one week. This is the 70th week of Daniel. That's a seven-year period that he would. he's going to confirm a peace treaty between the Jews and the Arabs uh, that would allow them to uh, uh, have their temple uh, reset up. And in the midst of that week, he shall cause the sacrifice uh, uh, to cease. And for the uh, overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate even unto, unto the consummation and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. In the middle of this seven year, or in the middle of this three and a half years after the peace treaty, he's going to go into the temple and defile it. Now the temple has been destroyed. They have no temple. So a temple will be rebuilt. This Antichrist will come onto the scene and broker a peace in the Middle East. And this man is going to deceive the world with the power of Satan and the false prophet uh, behind him. It's an, it's an unholy, wicked trinity. It's, we're, we're told in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except that the, there come a falling away first, and that, and that man of sin 
will be revealed, the son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, uh, good or that is worshipped so that he sets himself as God sit, sitting in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. Uh, and so he's going to desecrate the temple and call to the world to worship him. And we're told that before this takes, before he reveals himself, that there's going to be a falling away first. And that word falling away is apostasia, which means apostasy, turning from truth. And I believe that it's already happened. We're in the last days. People aren't putting up with sound doctrine. There's churches that are preaching soft and fluffy messages, not warning people, not talking about prophecy, not talking about politics, not talking about what's going on, and just keeping uh, people dumb and warm and fuzzy because it's about nickels and noses to them. Good shepherds, they lay down their life for the sheep. They warn them. And so you see apostasy happening, happening everywhere. You see the Pope blessing gay couples. You know what I mean? This is how strong tradition is, that Catholics won't leave the Catholic Church. You need to. You got a way out. He's, he lost his way. You got to go. Go. There's churches. There's people that are looking for churches who preach the truth. We've been, you know, the Lutheran church here in Banning, they have a gay flag outside their church now. Just up the street here. It's called, it's apostasy. So, so we, the more you see that, the more we understand that the Antichrist is going to be revealed soon. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse three, or no, two, verse seven says, for the mystery of the lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteousness, deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe in the lie that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. And so, you know... Paul says to the Thessalonians, he that restraineth will do so. And that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit in you and in me in this church. We are a restraining force for good against evil. If we don't speak up about the evils in this world, who will? The world will not. They'll just buckle and say, okay, take my rights, take my guns, kill babies. Sexual immorality promoted in kindergarten. That's the world. They're, they're not going to stand up. You're here. I'm here. We stand up. We stand up. We're salt. We're light. We go to the Beaumont School District and tell them to get a life. Tell them that they will be responsible for the, for the, for the, the rules that they set. We tell the governor, you know, to repent. No one else is going to tell him. That's why you're, but they'll, But when the church is out of here, when we are raptured, then who's going to do that? 
Who's going to do that? And that's what, when, when we are gone, that's when the Antichrist will be revealed, um, I believe. And so, we know that, according to Revelation 13, that he's going to have complete control of this world. Deceive everybody with this with this great oration, great speaker, uh, signs and wonders, fire from heaven, all kinds of crazy stuff's going to happen. Revelation 13, 16, it says that he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark uh, on their right hand and on their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell unless he takes Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.